what specifically you think um, about your military training, you know, prepared you for, you know, 34 year career in franchising? Well, you know, I, I was kind of a happy-go-lucky, goofy dude in college. And uh, within 30, 45 days of being in my initial training at Fort Benning, the Army found a way to scrape enough crud off the exterior to find a responsible adult inside that I didn't even know was there. So, <laughs> you know, made me grow up, uh, gave me some discipline, uh, set extremely high standards, and uh, I, I just never looked back from that. On today's special Veterans Day episode, we'll explore the important role that military veterans play in the success of franchising. There are thousands of former military folks who now own franchise businesses across America. In fact, in just this past year, we surveyed nearly 30,000 franchise business owners, and 10% of those identified as military veterans. Because of their leadership skills and strong operational experience, veterans are in high demand, and franchise companies do a lot to recruit veterans to become franchise owners. More than 600 companies currently offer discounts and other financial incentives to help veterans get started in a franchise business. But while veterans may be a natural fit for franchising, just because a franchise company offers discounts or other incentive doesn't mean you should write a check and jump into a franchise business. You really need to do your homework first, and we can help with that. I'm your host, Eric Stites, and this is Franchising in Review a show about franchising, entrepreneurship, and an exploration of today's top business opportunities. If you've ever thought of owning your own business but haven't quite figured out how to make that happen, this is the show for you. We'll explore the ins and outs of franchise ownership, hear lots of tips and advice from some of the most successful people in franchising, and help you turn your dreams of business ownership into reality through franchising. Fifteen years ago, I founded Franchise Business Review to research satisfaction and performance across the franchise sector. Today, we've grown into one of the largest research firms focused on the franchise economy, with the goal of helping entrepreneurs like yourself discover the best franchise opportunities in the marketplace based on actual research on the satisfaction and success of tens of thousands of franchise owners. There are literally more than 3,000 franchise companies operating in the United States today, but our research helps boil that list down to just a few hundred of the very best opportunities to invest in. We ask franchisees the tough questions. Do they enjoy operating their franchise business? Are they getting the training and support they expect? Are they meeting their financial goals? And most importantly, would they recommend their franchise to others? If you're considering investing in a franchise business, be sure to check out our website at FranchiseBusinessReview.com. We have tons of free content to help you get educated about franchising, and we can connect you to the best franchises in the business. I couldn't be more excited to be talking to two dear friends of mine today and two of the most respected leaders in the industry about the success of veterans in franchising. A little bit later in the show, I'll be talking to Jeff Beavis, who is the president and CEO of First Light Home Care, a Cincinnati-based franchise company specializing in non-medical care for seniors, individuals recovering from surgery, and even new moms. 
But my first guest is Steve White, who is the president and COO of PuroClean, an emergency services and property restoration company based in South Florida. Let's hear his insights on veterans and franchising. So Steve, tell us a little bit about PuroClean and what the franchise business is all about. Well, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Thanks for the invitation to have this chat. PuroClean um, provides um, cleanup for properties who've experienced water, fire, or mold damage. That's what our franchise owners do every single day. So they're rescuing people in their local communities who, uh, you know, either the place that they're living in or working in has been afflicted by one of these things. And so our, our slogan is the trade, or excuse me, our slogan is the paramedics of property damage. And that's what we are when somebody has property damage and, you know, we, we run to the rescue and that's what we do every single day. It's an emergency services business. So it's 24 seven and uh, it's important work. Yeah. I was going to say your, your customers are probably in a frantic state of mind most of the time when you're uh, servicing them. Yeah, they are very often, but I, I tease my franchise owners that, um, I tell people that they have Superman complex sometimes they and that is they get really addicted to flying to the rescue of, of people who are in distress every day. Right. Not, not Superman complex in the way that they're invincible, but Superman complex in the way that they're flying to the rescue. And, and that, that's what they do a lot. Sometimes it can even inhibit a franchise growing because they're, they love being on site so much. But that's not right. what we're really looking for in our franchise owners. That's what we're looking for in their employees. We want our franchise owners to be growing the business. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. That's a great lead into my next question because I was going to say, who, you know, what what type of person actually makes a good pure clean franchise owner? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, not everybody can be a, a pure clean franchise owner. We are, um, we're we're pretty heavily restricted um, because of who we work for. Uh, sometimes people mistakenly lump us into that home services category because we do do a lot of residential, but that's not what we do. We are, our customers are really insurance companies and commercial property management firms, and that's who we're working for. And we're cleaning up structures that are owned by their clients. And so because of that, the insurance companies in particular are not going to give assignments to just anybody. So when we're bringing in a new pure clean franchise owner, they have to be somebody with high integrity. They can't, you know, they have to have a clean background, uh, you know, no, no criminal convictions or bankruptcies or anything like that. And, or the, or their, or their, our client company simply won't give them assignments. So um, the ideal person is somebody like that with, uh, with a great clean background, with great integrity, but with a, a vision to build something significant. I call them enterprise builders. So they've got a vision to build a significant business, um, to not suffer from Superman complex and be riding on the truck every single day. <laughs> but, um, you know, employing people who do do that and are out there um, rescuing people in their local communities every day. So I want to back up a little bit. Um, and, and talk about you. I know you love talking about you. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you graduate from Northern Michigan University back in the late 70s. Yeah. Um, you, you joined the Army, spend uh, 
spend it spend a couple of years <laughs> a few years in the army tell us tell us a little bit about your military experience and you know and how that led sure. to your, your journey so, in franchising you know i grew up in a i grew up in a really small town in michigan uh, in a great family but our family couldn't afford college tuition and stuff and so i got really lucky i got an a scholarship from the army and so i went to college on the army's nickel and then on graduation day when everybody else wore a cap and gown I wore a green uniform and they pinned lieutenant's bars on me and gave me orders to Fort Benning, Georgia for my initial training. And I owed them four years. I did six years. I was uh, a mechanized infantry officer. So my, my primary specialty was infantry and my secondary special specialty was logistics management. And, uh, you know, they, they tried real hard to get me to stay for the whole career. But I, right. I never really had a vision for being a full career guy. I wanted to do everything I owed plus some, and uh, then I wanted to start my business, my business career after that. And you know, if you're a decent uh, army officer, at least back in my day, when I was stationed in Germany, the headhunters, the corporate headhunters for U.S. corporations, would come all the way to Europe to try and recruit us out of the army. So it's, you know, it's a little intoxicating that these guys would come after you, but they really got you thinking about what the possibilities were. And um, so, you know, after my six years, uh, yeah. I was in Georgia and Germany and Colorado. And when I was done, I got out and I, you know, I, I, people were interested in me because of my secondary specialty in logistics management. And within 30 days of taking off the camouflage uniform, I was offered the uh, red, white, and blue uniform of Domino's Pizza and uh, accepted that. And that started my franchise career. And this coming January will mark 34 years in franchising for me. How time has that flown. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, what what specifically, I think, um, about your military training, you know, prepared you for, you know, 34-year career in franchising? Well, you know, I, I was kind of a happy-go-lucky, goofy dude in college. And uh, within 30, 45 days of being in my initial training at Fort Benning, the Army found a way to scrape enough crud off the exterior to find a responsible adult inside that I didn't even know was there. So, <laughs> you know, made me grow up, uh, gave me some discipline, uh, yeah, set extremely high standards, and uh, I, I just never look back from that. You know, that's always been my approach is, is do it better, do it cleaner, always keep it whistle clean, um, high integrity. Those things are super important, and I think that the higher up the ranks that you rise, the more important things like character and integrity become, and uh, those and the, and this personal discipline are all things that I – I learned in the army. I was really good at being a young army officer. I astonished even myself <laughs> and my parents. <laughs> but yeah, and so that's why they really wanted me to stay. But those are things that they taught me, and they translated extremely well to business. You know, I just, I just see business as, as an opportunity to do those things. It's and in, I think in the franchise sector, what we do in this franchise business concept is an awful lot of servant leadership, which you know, I was just blessed to work under the command of some senior officers when I was a young man in the Army. Senior officers who were great men of integrity and character. And, uh, you know, 
I just wanted to be like them, and I thought all those things translated really well to business. So, you know, in addition to your day job at PuroClean, you're also the vice chair of the International Franchise Association's Vet Brand Committee. And I'm just curious, why, you know, why did you decide to get involved in Vet Brand? Well, for me, it's just a labor of love. I first of all, I am I'm a veteran, so you know, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, my dad was army as well, so near and dear to my heart. And um, I've seen I've seen military veterans do really well in franchising, and uh, you know, it's a it's an opportunity. I think the vet friend work is about um, making clearer and easier paths for military veterans to transition in this life of of owning their own business, right? There are lots of opportunities for them to interview with big corporations and things like that as they exit the military, but there's not a lot of education out there about, um, about opportunities to own your own business, which is what franchising is. And, and when they find them, they seem to me to do really well. Um, but, you, it's a work that is about helping them find these opportunities, and it served. It's been such a blessing to me, and it served me so well in my life that I want to see other people have the same opportunities that I've had. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you have such a unique perspective. I mean, as a former army officer, you know, president of a successful brand, vice chair, obviously of Vetfran. Um, you know, you have this unique veterans perspective uh, or perspective on the veteran world. And, you know, franchise companies spend a ton of time and a ton of money trying to recruit military veterans. You know, what is it, you know, from your perspective, you know, why do you think franchising and veterans are such a good fit? Yeah, you know, I've really kind of honed this. I don't want this to sound like a canned response, but I've literally been asked this so many times by members of Congress that I have a pretty sharp focus on it at this point. I think in general, if you think about what does a franchisor want, they want somebody who is going to own and operate that business. So there's an important leadership component to it. But, but they don't want somebody that's out doing their own thing every single day. They want somebody that's going to follow their franchise process and have a really strong work ethic and discipline to do that. And military veterans are all those things. It's from your youngest time in the military, where you're enlisted or an officer, it doesn't matter. You're taught about leadership from your earliest time in the military. And um, that's a super important and valuable trait to any franchise company. Second of all, we, we've all got a system we want our franchise business owners to to follow, well, in the Army, those are in the military. Those are just called SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. We've learned to follow those from the very beginning. And so when you introduce those to a military veteran, they say, oh, yeah, these are the SOPs of the company. Or as we would say, you know, our our process as a franchise, and they follow them really well. And they're, they're not out there trying to deviate every single day. And look, we all like some innovation, but but you know, largely we want people to follow the well-established, proven process, and and that's just a natural thing to a veteran. And and also they they have almost always have a really good work ethic and good personal discipline about them. And you know, I've I've got people from all walks of of life, military-wise, you know, who are successful franchise owners at PureClean. You know, I got 
I got former Navy, former Air Force, former Army, former, you know, fucking former Navy submarine commander who is a very successful pure clean franchise owner. I have a new class of franchise owners in my academy right now. Among them is a gentleman who a couple months ago was a United States Army full colonel and retired after 31 years of service. And now he wants to own his own business. And he's here in my academy learning everything from scratch. Most humble guy in the room. And he's learning it all from scratch. And I just want to call him sir every day uh, because of his amazing <laughs> accomplishments and service to our country. But but those are the kind of people that make great, successful franchisees. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. That's awesome that you have that in your system. So, yeah, and then, as you know, you we... know, with regard to Pure Clean, specific, more specifically, you look at it. So I want all those things too. But then if you look at my business concept that we talked about earlier of being out rescuing people in their local communities every day. So a military person transfers that sense of service to their country to service to their local community. And it goes, I mean, they just get it. The integrity is strong. They're not afraid to hard work, get their hands dirty. And then trust me in my business. Yeah. Get your hands dirty. But, uh, (laughs) You know, that's not what I want franchise owners out doing every day. But, you know, if they do that a little bit at the beginning of their ownership of the business, you know, I I had a franchise owner recently tell me my first job, you know, I was in somebody's basement and, you know, three feet of dirty water and cleaning it out. And he said, but, you know, I didn't mind because I know I'm not going to be doing this. I'm only going to do this once or twice. But when I hire people, if somebody says complains about it, I can already tell them. I've done that myself. Now I expect you to do it too. And right, you know, right. they got a real hands-on approach and great discipline about it. And all those things make them successful business owners. That's awesome. So as you know, Franchise Business Review studies franchise satisfaction across the sector. Um, and for our recent Veterans and Franchising Project, we looked you know, specifically at satisfaction among franchisees that are military veterans. Um, out of the hundreds of companies that we researched, PureClean made our list of the highest that had uh, highest in satisfaction. So I want to, you know, congratulate you there for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, We're really proud of that. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And and you know, in looking at the research that we've done over the years, I mean, PureClean has seen a dramatic increase in satisfaction across the board, not just with with veterans under your leadership. Um, so I want to congratulate you on that as well. I mean, that's that's no simple feat. Um, I think a lot of people understand that um, the, the franchise relationship, franchisor, franchisee relationship, um, if you know anything about franchising, can be challenging at times. So, you know, the question I want to ask you is, you know, what do you think you and your team do differently that, that so many other franchise companies um, that, that don't have that relationship with their franchisees, um, you know, it, 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 it there's something going on there. <laughs> I'm just, yep. I don't know if you can put your finger on it that, that you do uh, differently than others. Well, I, I, I don't think it's anything secret and magic. I just think it's a, a matter of what you make priority, you know, and as I said earlier, I was blessed to work for some really great leaders in the army and they were servant leader kind of guys. And then I come out of the army and I land in the headquarters of Domino's pizza founder is a Marine no such thing as a former Marine, by the way. I know that well. He's right. a Marine. And 
And he, too, was a servant leader. And here's this guy, Tom Monahan, who builds this huge corporation in Domino's Pizza with this servant leader attitude of putting franchisees first every single day. So, I mean, that's where that's where I grew up in this franchise business model. And I haven't seen anybody be more successful doing it a different way. I've seen a lot of people put the interests of the franchisor ahead of the franchisee, and they never seem to grow that big. They'll grow to a certain size, lose a bunch of franchisees, have to rebuild, you know. But but I think the truly great ones begin with that servant leadership model. And so and so, what is that servant leadership? Both words are important, right? It is about serving the franchisees, but the franchisees didn't come here for a vendor customer relationship. They came here to be a part of our franchise because they expected that we're going to lead them to success in this business model. And so, so servant and leadership are both really, really important. So the way that I like to phrase it is that we lead boldly, but with the heart of a servant. So when your franchisees know that you put them first, then they're willing to engage with you. And then second, we put all of our commitments in writing, in public. We do a meeting with our advisory council. We do an action log. We publish it to the whole system. Um, we update it periodically during the year. We talk about it to speak in speeches to franchisees. And the reason we do that is because we want to have a reputation as being people who stay, who do what they say they're going to do. So we put it out there. They see us make the commitment, keep the commitment time and time again. And they, after a while, they say, you know what? These guys do what they say they're going to do. And only then, only when a franchisee knows that you put their interests ahead of your own and you're somebody who can be trusted to do what they say they're going to do, will they get to this, you know, this buzz term that we use in franchising called active collaboration, which is just simply franchisee and franchisor working hand in hand together, right? And and that's that's franchise nirvana. That's where you want to be, where you're one team all working together for the advancement of one brand together, even though all these franchise business owners are independently owned and operated businesses. We, we want to get to a place where we're all one team. That's what we're all striving for. And for me, that's the formula I learned to getting there. And, you know, I, I give all the credit in the world to Tom Monahan for teaching me that as a young man. And, you know, I'm open to looking at other ways to do this business, but, you know, I'm going to kind of I'm kind of probably not change until I see somebody who's who's done it more successfully than he has. I mean, uh, it led him to be a multi-billionaire. Um, so somebody's going to have to accomplish an awful lot in a different way to change my mind about it at this point. And uh, right. you know, that's just the way I see the world, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, it sounds so simple, and yet. You know, from our experience and all the research that we do, you know, we we know how hard it is to actually execute. And so, congratulations for for learning those lessons and taking those lessons to heart and executing every day. I you know I know it's not simple. So the last question yeah. for you before we go, um, you know, you've been in franchising a long time. You've seen a lot of brands. You've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, for somebody listening, that's you know, potentially thinking about investing in a franchise, whether they're a veteran or not. You know, what what advice would you have for them? Any any specific tips or things they should look out for? If you're somebody that's looking to invest in franchising, I think just be really thorough. Make sure it's 
it's going to be work that you want to wake up to do every single day because look there are, there are no business models in this world that I am aware of that uh, that you're able to achieve success without hard work I mean you got there might be a proven formula a proven process a proven model to follow but the franchise owner's got to add the hard work to that and so think about it in terms of is this hard, is this work that I'm willing to work hard at every single day? If I'm going to come at this, you know, does does the company have good leadership? Uh, does, does does the company executives have the attributes that we just discussed that we're looking for in a franchisee? You know, do they have leadership? Uh, do they follow their own their own guidelines? Do they have good discipline and hard work ethic? Are they, you know, are they are they service minded? Do they have great integrity? All the things that we say we want in a franchisee. If I'm a franchisee looking at a franchisor, I want to see if that franchise look that franchisor's leadership has those same qualities. And then is the work stuff that I'd be excited to do? You know, I, I got a franchise owner who is a second generation McDonald's franchise and he's a PuroClean franchise. And he loves both work. He he can talk passionately about McDonald's, he can talk passionately about PuroClean. So what is that thing that, that you could really see yourself doing and being excited to do? You know, I, in my day, I was excited to be part of a pizza company. I'm pretty far from being in a pizza company today, working a property restoration, but it's still very exciting work for me. It's still work I can't wait to get to every single day. And, and I, think, I think those are the two things, you know. Are, can you, are you connecting with a company that's led by people with great integrity and character and passion and do you yourself uh, have the ability to have have great passion about that business model that you'd be getting into? If you can find that situation, I can't imagine it being better. I mean, for me personally, you know, I'm in a situation where I've got private ownership of this company who I love, and they give me tremendous resources to work with, and we get it done for them. But we have just a terrific relationship, and at the same time, we have a terrific relationship with our franchisees and. You know, I appreciate your mentioning earlier that we had really high scores in our franchise business review survey. But frankly, that's not why we did it. We didn't do it to it. Frankly, when a year ago, I didn't even know there was an award, okay, that we could win, that was attainable for us right. at PuroClean. And, and I'm grateful we won it. But really, the reason we did it is to find out what our franchisees rated us lowest on and go to work on that stuff. So every briefing I've done in the last year on the results of the survey we did with you is led with, here are the five things that we scored the lowest on. What, what do we do about it? And then we, and then when we go to that, and if you can find a culture that's like that all the time to be a part of as a franchisee, I think you're going to be a happy, successful business operator. Yeah, that's great advice. And you know, and I think it's what what you just said. I think is great too. I mean, obviously, you got to have that passion to get up every day um, and and do it. And but I, I do think that a lot of times people and they're in their due diligence of a franchise or, you know, they're looking for that red flag, that the thing that's wrong. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, every business, no matter what business it is, has some challenges, but sure. you know, what you just said, as far as, you know, identifying what those challenges are, putting them up there on the wall and saying, this is what we're working hard on every day. Um, you know, th that's really, uh, I think a, a huge thing. And so many companies, you know, won't, won't admit that they have challenges and won't share those necessarily, especially with a franchisee candidate. So 
you know, I think. Yeah, you know, you talk about that and, and, and those being accomplishments. When somebody asks me, what do you feel like your greatest accomplishments at Pure Clean are? It's not that the fact that we've doubled system-wide sales in the last four years or, you know, all these other metric achievements. What I'm most proud of is having identified areas in this business where we need improvement or we want to go to the next level of success and then and being able to show you where we work hand-in-hand with our franchisees to discuss it, develop solutions, implement them together, and actually achieve that success. Whether it's creating the online learning academy for the first time, uh, getting in a national account. There were no national accounts when I walked in the door here six years ago, but there now we serve three of the top five property insurers in the land. They're sending jobs to my franchisees every single day all across the country. Well, that thing, I didn't do that. That's not magic wand. That's that's a cooperative effort between franchisee and franchisor. That's us identifying those things and coming together and having an honest discussion about it, setting plans in place, and then doing the hard work to achieve those plans. And then you get that level of success. And you know, when you're all doing it together, it's really, it's really, those are my greatest achievements, I think, in this business. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, with Veterans Day upon us, I want to uh, wish you a very happy Veterans Day and, and thank you for your service and uh, wish you the best of success with PuroClean in the future. I know uh, I know you've got a lot of, of things you're working on, and I'm sure it's going to just keep getting better and better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And to everybody who is listening to this podcast who is uh, who has served our country in some way, shape or form. I thank you for your service and for all those family members who are who have supported them. I thank you for your service is just as important a, a service as the soldier or the sailor is providing themselves as those family members backing them up every day. So it's an important time of the year for us to reflect on that and be grateful for all those people who have served so well. For those of you who would like more information on Pure Clean franchise opportunities, Just go to our website at FranchiseBusinessReview.com or visit PuroCleanFranchise.com. So, Jeff, in 2009, um, we're in the middle of the Great Recession, um, global financial crisis, and suddenly you decide to start a new franchise company from scratch. Um, (laughs) It's kind of a crazy thing to do. My next guest has been in and around franchising for a long time. After cutting his teeth at brands like Thrifty Car Rental and Express Employment Professionals, Jeff Beavis worked his way up to executive VP at one of the largest senior care companies in North America. But in 2009, in the middle of the Great Recession, Jeff founded First Light Home Care with a vision to build a better company, one built around a culture of care. Starting from scratch, Jeff and his team grew the company to over 200 franchise locations in just 10 short years, and they're showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. Uh, I have to say we were probably pretty naive. When I say we, you know, it was my son, Devin, and I. but just coming out of my past experience in the home care industry uh, and having also just experienced for the fourth time 
being a caregiver in my life in uh, middle of 2009 for my in- in-laws, um, I was just convinced that there was a better way, that the, the industry still lacked service standards, service guidance, um, and really a service leader. So even with a pretty crowded space, even back then, um, we just felt like we had a better idea. Um, so, you know, again, call it crazy, call it, uh, you know, not risk averse, but uh, we <laughs> right. just felt like we felt like we really, you know, had a better approach and a better, better solution and uh, took it from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to go into any segment during a recession, you know, the the senior care home care space is probably a good segment to go into because it's obviously pretty recession proof. Right. Uh, or at least recession resistant anyway. Sure, sure. So, you know, the we've been looking at the senior care space, the home care space for the last decade or so and um it's been growing like crazy. Uh, you know, it's obviously from a population standpoint a, a huge and growing segment. You know, but there there's obviously competitors in that space as well. So, you know, what is it that makes First Light really unique in that segment? There are several things, Eric, that make us unique. Um, some that are tangible, some maybe a little more intangible. But the tangible side, we were the first company and now still the only company that measures client satisfaction every office, every quarter. Um, and that, I know that may sound like business 101, but our industry has not done that, has not adopted that for 20 plus plus years now. So um, in doing that as well, we measure caregiver retention, caregiver turnover in every office every month. And those two are very closely related. So so in other words, talking about being a service leader, which is our, our overall goal for the industry and for First Light, we felt like, hey, to be a service leader, you've got to have tangible data metrics to back it up. And to be the service right. leader we have always said speaks to, you know, is the, are the client satisfied? So is your client satisfaction rating high? And then caregiver turnover, caregiver retention uh, as a very co- close correlation to that. If your caregivers are satisfied, they will provide great care for clients and they'll be satisfied too. So client satisfaction measurement, the caregiver retention, caregiver turnover measurement, our technology platform sets us apart. Uh, we're the first company to be totally integrated, totally in the cloud, web-based back in 2009. Now, that's pretty much part of the course now. Um, but the fact we have an electronic health record system as part of our technology platform uh, is a novelty and, and is a point of differentiation. And as our industry grows and migrates more to Medicare Advantage, third-party payer programs, um, that technology platform is uh, becoming even more and more uh, important. But then I think also the intangible example would be our culture of care. So the hallmark of that is our seven-touch program. So every client uh, is contacted, touched seven times in the first 30 days. Uh, And then there's an ongoing quality assurance customer service program with every client and family after that. But we feel like to reinforce a true culture of care and set ourselves apart with the family, the client, and the care- caregiver, having those high touch points uh, in the first 30 days makes a huge difference as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, how much training do you provide your franchisees? I mean, obviously, it's 
you know, it's critical to measure customer satisfaction and, you know, you've got this very uh, defined culture of care. How much training are you providing to franchise owners to really, you know, implement that, I guess, experience for the customer? Well, we take the approach of over-training, over-supporting the first 12 to 18 months, first of all. Um, you know, our very candid approach is if we don't um, make sure they're successful the first 12 or 18 months, there is no 24 or 36 months. So we do uh, 55 hours of pre-training work with each new office uh, phone or video conference. Uh, and then they come in and do a one week of classroom training with us here in Cincinnati. And then we do on-site three days in the first 60 days um, when they first are, are kind of ramping up. Uh, and then we go back for two more days uh, at the 60-day point. So um, heavy, heavy support on-site classroom type of training up front in the first 60 to 90 days. Uh, and then we have two visits per year that we require in our franchise agreement that we will make to every franchise office as well at a minimum so they have they get their ongoing field support training as well yeah i think you know i often get asked by candidates you know oh you know this seems like a simple business why don't i just you know start it myself instead of buying a franchise you know franchises are expensive that sort of thing and you know when you look at something like you know the 60 plus hours of training that you receive and all the programs that you have established i mean um you know, it's a bargain. <laughs> that, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and that's not really not even including things like regional conferences, national conferences that, you know, really provide the ongoing training, too. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. So I know you and I have joked a bunch of times. Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of our listeners don't know that our former editorial director left us a few years back um, and she and her husband bought a First Light franchise in the Boston area. Um, So, you know, my question, I guess, to you is, you know, besides (laughs) Franchise Business Review employees, you know, who does make a good first light franchisee? (laughs) Yeah, gosh, I I always, whenever you bring this up, I feel like I'm robbing your employees. That was really not the case (laughs) nor the intent, right? But um, but it's a great question. So, I mean, we look for um, basic skills, I would say, like strong communication skills, strong presentation skills, strong strong organizational skills um, that can come from almost any occupation, any walk of life, any experience uh, that people have had in their professional lives, but then a very strong um, passion for the business, passion for the service. Most of our franchisees have had the personal experience of caring for an aging family member, uh, and that oftentimes opens their eyes to the whole industry as an opportunity too. So we're looking for those core skills, but also that intangible passion for serving others, servant leadership. The working capital is, of course, always a requirement, but we kind of put that fifth or sixth down the list and and look for people that have those communication, organization, presentation skills, and then very strong uh, experience managing people, whether it be managing a factory of people or managing a department of people um, or you know, managing um, branches or or segments of companies uh, across the country. Right, right. And and to be clear, not somebody that necessarily has a medical background or even a care background. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And we have less than 20% of our franchise owners have any type of healthcare or healthcare related background at all. So that is definitely not a prerequisite. Right. Right. So, Jeff, this is our Veterans Day episode, and I know you guys uh, and you in particular are super passionate about veterans. Um, yes. You you currently serve as chairman of the International Franchise Association's Vet Brand Committee, um, which I've I've been on as well for years. Tell us a little bit about why you got involved in VetFran and and what your what your goals are there. A- absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly from my standpoint, Eric, I'm, I am not a veteran. I have great respect for all of you that have served our, our country, and I think. Um, you know, the, the least we can do is, is acknowledge that service and do everything we can to help each of you as military veterans, first of all. Um, my father, two uncles, both grandfathers, all were or our military vets. So that was kind of my upbringing and, and um, respect for veterans. Um, I've always been a proponent uh, in the IFA now for gosh, way too many years, but uh, of trying to help veterans in any way, shape, or form. I think the VetFran Committee and VetFran Initiative goes a long way in establishing um, efforts for veteran employment, as, as you know, and also veteran franchise ownership offerings for both a veteran and his or her spouse. So um, I think the VetFran program, the VetFran Initiative, uh, just continues to grow and is a great way for us to reach out and help more and more veterans on a large scale basis across franchising in with first light um you know I, I i see so many veterans and families that we serve and that is very rewarding and gratifying too but we see that as one more way that we can reach out and help veterans as well on a very you know personal level um with ptsd or or traumatic brain injuries and different types of ailments that veterans uh, come back with. Yeah, and I think that's a great point too, because um, you know a lot of people kind of put first light into that senior care space, um, but you know, and I know that's a, a bulk, uh, you know, a big percentage of your client base, but right. you do care for you know others that that need care. So you know, I I, I, I know veterans falls into that group, people that may have had you know, surgical procedures, you know, what, what other groups do you serve as far as, you know, the client base goes? Sure. Well, yes, it's actually anyone 18 years of age or older. And it, as you said, the, the demographic, you know, alone of seniors over 65 is a large part of the client base, but because it's anyone 18 years of age or older, um, we do serve um, those recovering from surgery, um, the disabled population, uh, adults with um, autism, as an example, which is a growing population, um, new mothers um, who need assistance. That's not necessarily with with you know childcare or infant care, but it's actually helping a new mom um, juggle multiple responsibilities or juggle a, a newborn and uh, a household. Um, yeah, and the veteran and the veteran population again, unfortunately. Um, Coming back, especially from uh, warfare in the Middle East, you know, we're seeing a lot of 20 and 30 year old vets that come back as quadriplegic, paraplegic, TBI injuries um, that are going to need care for 30, 40 years the rest of their life. Right, right. 
So are veterans a good fit, you think, for a First Life franchise? As, oh, as my owners? gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, again, we see not just the skills I mentioned before and the experiences that are, that are so important to becoming a First Life franchisee, but then I think just veterans, period, they're so process-driven, systematic in their thinking, um, very disciplined. Those attributes all carry very, very well in a first light business. Um, and right. then being able to apply that to, you know, a client by client, <clears throat> employee by employee basis. They're, they're just very, we, we find veterans are very strong at, um, you know, procedure, again, system operating approach and consistency. And those are just great hallmarks for first light and probably, you know, really for, for almost any franchise out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I know veterans are in high demand with a lot of franchise brands. And so, um, if, if somebody is a veteran, um, and they are interested in a first light, um, in addition to your, you know, just standard training, what, what types of discounts and, um, other incentives do you provide to, to veteran candidates? Sure. Well, we, we, we discount the franchise fee by $25,000. Our current franchise fee is 48000 So obviously a little, you know, a little, little more than half. Uh, we think wow. that is a, a very substantial and well-deserved discount. Um, we also will provide, based on the, the veteran's request, additional marketing assistance. Uh, we've had probably close to half of our veteran owners' uh, life to date that have asked for added marketing assistance in, in the, in the way of um, additional materials and marketing planning. And so we go ahead and provide that to veterans upon request at no added cost either. That's awesome. That's awesome. Save, <laughs> save 25 grand plus, um, you know, either, either save that or put it, you know, into your business for, for right. additional marketing growth. I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity. So, you know, we've also talked about this uh, a bunch of times as well, but, you know, obviously we do franchisee satisfaction research. We've been surveying first light franchisees uh, since the very beginning. Uh, I think since you, you know, probably had a, right. a dozen or so franchise owners every year, um, you know, you far exceed our industry benchmarks. Um, you know, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And specifically among your franchisees that are military veterans, uh, your scores are off the chart. Um, so I guess, you know, my question is, you know, franchising is a tricky business and, you know, maintaining high satisfaction year after year is, is a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what what is it exactly that, that you and your team are doing to foster those strong relationships with your franchise owners? Well, I think it's all about trust and communication. So we pride ourselves on being very transparent and, and kind of an open book approach. We tell people even through the discovery process early on before they're ever an owner that uh, they can ask any question they want and, and we're going to give them an answer, whether whether it's good, good, bad, or ugly uh, from an answer standpoint. But um, so we really try to build trust throughout the process as a as a candidate, but then even more so as an owner through multiple communication mechanisms, not only the in-field support that I talked about that our business development directors provide on an ongoing basis, but um, we have different forums in our intranet 
and there are regional meetings in our national conferences just for uh, franchisee feedback. Uh, we also have a separate group just of our military veteran owners. Um, so we look at communication as being, you know, certainly an, an open opportunity all the time and asking for their feedback continually. And then I think as it would be for any feedback, you want to make sure you act upon it. So, um, which kind of closes the loop back to that continues to build their overall trust. So, you know, if we, we ask for their feedback and they give us answers or give us suggestions and we do nothing with it or don't come back to them and tell them what we did or how we acted on their, their feedback, that lowers right. their trust in us. And, you know, and then they're probably not going to answer when we ask again in the future. So, um, we just try to keep it very simple, very transparent, open, high high communication mechanisms, um, and then follow through and kind of walk the talk in our words and, and give them what they ask for. Well, I, I commend you because that's easy easy to say and, and by evidence of all our research across franchising, very, very hard to do. So you guys are doing an amazing job with that. Thank you. So earlier I talked with Steve White, your your partner in crime there at VetFran. Um, <laughs> in the in the, you guys have been doing some incredible work um, helping veterans and franchising. Um, both of you have been around franchising for a long time. You've been with a whole bunch of different brands. You know, for somebody that's thinking about buying a franchise or investing in a franchise, um, whether it be a First Light um, or or some other brand, whether they're a veteran or not. You know, what advice do you have for someone? Great question. I would say, first of all, take your time. Understand, secondly, that that all the brands are, are different, not just uh, different sectors, but even within sectors. So all the different home care companies um, or all the different, you know, mold restoration companies, every brand is different. So really kind of make sure you take a deeper dive, look at, how each of those brands compare, and then probably also make sure you know what you are looking for and what environment you think or you feel you will uh, succeed at. Um, some brands, as you know, Eric, with your long-time history and experience in franchising too, so some brands are more support-oriented, some are less support-oriented, some are more technology-oriented. So I think it's important for the candidate, especially a um, military veteran looking at franchises to, to know what his or her strengths are and what they really think they need the most from a potential franchise brand. But then end of the day too, you, you want to make sure it matches with something that you are passionate about and that you really will enjoy. You're going to probably work harder than you've ever worked in, in your life. So I think the candidate needs to face that right up front and know that. Um, but because of that, then make sure that it's something that they will truly enjoy and see uh, true purpose in, uh, and want to you know, go to their place of business, their their office, their location, their branch, uh, whatever type of service product they are providing every single day. Um, because again, they're gonna they're gonna work so hard and spend so many hours in it. If they don't enjoy it, then uh, it, it's it's not going to be successful, nor the outcome that they're hoping for. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and um, you know, and, and particularly, I think 
military folks, um, you know, they they understand commitment. They understand, you know, what it means to sign an agreement and be on the hook right. for, you know, eight, ten years plus, whatever it may be. Um, and I love your point about the, the support because, um, you know, as you described your own support systems and, and the incredible training that you provide, you know, not every franchise company does that. Um, and not every franchise company, a lot of franchise companies say they do it, but not everybody does it well. Um, and, right. you know, in our research, especially with, with veteran franchisees, uh, I think they're probably, you know, some of the best judges of what training, what good training and support looks like. And so um, I think our veterans, wh while they are very happy, the, the people that we talk to um, that own franchises, overall, they enjoy their business. They do tend to be very critical uh, of some of the franchises out there as far as the training and support that they receive. And so, again, I think when you can have high ratings from franchisees, uh, whether they be veterans or not, especially in the, that ongoing training and support, that's, that's uh, you know, great. And again, very, very hard to do. So, I, again, I congratulate you and your First Light team uh, Thank for you. making all that happen. So, uh that's really it. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate your time and uh, taking a few minutes to talk with us today and wish you the best of luck. I know, so First Lights, you know, you're around 250 units now almost? We are, 264, yes. Two, 264. Where where does it stop? <laughs> how, big are, how big are you going to be? I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty, pretty impressive resume uh, in 10 years. Well, I think, uh, I mean, we've mapped the entire country from a territory standpoint, and if we were going to be in every corner, Eric, we'd be at like 662. I don't think that's realistically possible, but, uh, you know, if you use that as a gauge, we're not quite even right. half, halfway there yet. So quite a bit of growth still ahead. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, it took Subway 10 years uh, just to get to 10 units. So the fact that you got to over 250 in 10 years is is pretty impressive. So, well, Jeff, thanks again for your time and uh, I wish you the best of success going forward. Eric, hey, it's a pleasure always being with you. Thank you for your service and for Steve White's service as well. That's Jeff Beavis of First Light Home Care. For more information about starting a First Light Home Care franchise near you, visit our website at FranchiseBusinessReview.com or you can also visit FirstLightFranchise.com. That's it for today's show. If you have any franchise-related questions, simply drop us an email at info at FranchiseBusinessReview.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or tweet us at Franchise Review. Special thanks this week to Will Zimmerman for production help. I'm Eric Stites, and you've been listening to Franchising in Review. See you next time.